Welcome to Plus Model Radio, the number one podcast. Technical difficulty tonight with the opening, but welcome to Plus Mom Radio, the number one podcast for plus size women. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis, coming to you live from Los Angeles. Today is Monday, January 23rd, 2012. Erica Watson's one-woman show, Fat Bitch, is coming back to Los Angeles for one night only. Tuesday, January 31st, at the Comedy Central stage at the Hudson, located at 6539 Santa Monica Boulevard. Tickets are absolutely free, but you must RSVP in advance by calling 323-960-5519. And for more, for more information about the show, Visit FatBitchTour.com and don't move because Erica's coming up a little later on the show tonight. I'm hosting Curves Rock Fashion Weekend July 27th through the 29th in Baltimore, Maryland, and the first model call for this event will be this Sunday, January 29th. For more information about the model call and the event, visit CurvesRockWeekend.com. And Plus Model Radio is a proud sponsor of the Fuller Women Expo, which will be held September 21st through the 23rd in Detroit. For more information, visit the Fuller Woman Expo. Now, tonight's guests include fashion stylist Stephanie Brady Edwards, CEO of Queen Grace Collection, Marina Zellner, and one of our favorite actresses, one of our favorite actress and comedian, Erica Watson. But up first is Stephanie Penn to give us the latest with what's going on in the industry. Hi, hey, Steph, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. So what's going on this week? Well, I was going to talk about some plus-size events and things of that nature, but seeing how both of us are a part of a lot of stuff, I figure that will be covered already. So I'm going to stick to the theme of last week and dish about some celebrity news. Next week I'm going to talk about some industry news. But a lot is going on. First of all, I'm not sure if you all and everyone listening has heard but Whitney Thompson, the Cycle 10 winner, um, the first and only plus-size Cycle 10 winner of America's Next Top Model, she released, uh, well, launched a dating website um, called TheBigAndTheBeautiful.com. It's a play on words, like The Bold and Beautiful, but it's mm-hmm. TheBigAndTheBeautiful.com, and it's a dating website to um, give plus-size women um, a place to create honest profiles and and meet people as online. Well, apparently she submitted a um, a commercial to be aired during the Super Bowl, and NBC denied the commercial from being aired. Allegedly. Now, I, allegedly, exactly, allegedly. There's a lot of speculation around it. Um, basically, from what, I, from what I've been reading, like I found about, out about it on adweek.com, but from what I've been reading, um, some sources say that she – Never had a shot. Some sources said they didn't say she couldn't be a part of the Super Bowl. They just said she had to rework it. So there's a lot of speculation around it. And then you have some people who say, well, they denied it because she's plus size. Um, I let the readers be the judge of themselves. It's on our website right now, and you can feel free to go ahead and comment on it. Personally, um, you know, 
I'm on the fence about it, you know, because I know this has happened before with Lane Bryant and Amer- doing American Idol. They denied a commercial allegedly as well. So I'm really on the fence about what the reason is because there's so much speculation around it. So that's kind of it's a little fishy, something fishy going on. I don't know exactly what it is. The next story of the night is I was doing some digging, and I was like, what can I talk about on the show tonight? So come to find out, I didn't know this, and I don't know if you knew this already, but um, get, although Gabrielle said the bay, she beat out a, a lot of other actresses to be, you know, for the lead role in Precious. But from what I read, Jennifer Hudson was offered the role first, but turned it down because she would have to have gained weight again. Apparently, she gained weight for Dreamgirls, and in her book, her new book, um, I got this: how she changed her ways and lost her and, and lost weight. What weighed her down? That's mm-hmm. how the book basically. But in her book, she says that she had done that with Effie, and she, um, as much as she, as much as she wanted to do this, do this in this film, she wanted to try a role that had nothing to do with her weight. So I never knew that Jennifer Hudson was offered the role before Gabby. So I just, you know, that was kind of interesting to read. That's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, very. Yeah, because it is. It's funny how it's surfacing now after you know Jennifer has lost all this weight. You know, so it's like no matter what you do, and I'm not. I'm not against Jennifer and her weight loss, um, as long as it's done for health reasons. But it seems like no matter what you do, it, it they media tries to bring it back to your weight for some mm-hmm. reason. So, but yeah, that was interesting. And the last is um, Aretha Franklin. Um, a lot of people knew that she announced that she was getting married, uh, you know, on New Year's Day. She announced that her and longtime boyfriend, William Wickerson, was having a summer wedding. Well, today she called off the wedding. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Of course, the people.com, she called off the wedding, and um, they they released a, a statement they both of them signed saying that they had um, they moved too fast. But what I understand is they've been together for a long, long time. Yeah, I thought that was a lifetime so, friend. Right. So how are you? That's like, like Oprah and Stedman saying we moved too fast. How can you be a forever friend and move too fast? What's too fast for a forever friend? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. So I think it's something more than that one. Right, um, right. I, yeah, something else is going on there. But, yeah, she called it off today. Oh, I was excited to hear she was yeah, maybe. Fans. Maybe they, you know, you never know. Maybe something happened and they'll fix it and figure it out and go ahead and get married because I was happy for her. I'm happy for anybody getting married, so. Right. Well, that was some interesting news, and I <laughs> I didn't know about Aretha, so that was uh, hot off the press. <laughs> yeah, that was a new one. <laughs> so I, I like that reaction. I'm going to try to get that reaction out of you each week. <laughs> Well, thank you, Stephanie, and we definitely be looking forward to your news next week. Oh, and also, by the way, all of the things I mentioned today can be found at dailyvenusdiva.com, everything. So, Excellent. Okay, talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Now, our first guest of the evening is Stephanie Brady Edwards. She's worked in the fashion industry for over 20 years and concentrating in retail, sales, designer showrooms, studios, and production. In the fall of 2009, Edwards decided to create her own business. Inspired by her grandfather, Benjamin Allen, Stephanie Allen, LCC, the full-style 
Image Coach was thus created. Stephanie Allen is a personal style coach, fashion stylist, and columnist, which focus on the plus curvy voluptuous woman. And the mission of Stephanie Allen is to empower women and help change the perception of themselves beyond being a mother, a wife, and an employee, and to tap into their inner selves through wardrobe and accessories. In addition, her focus is to provide a service to women to help create personal style, exude and promote confidence, and ultimately feel comfortable in their own skin, all based on their personality and lifestyle with no regard to size. Let's welcome Stephanie to the show. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Now, am I pronouncing your maiden name correctly? Is it Breddy? No, it's actually Breedy, but it's okay. I've been, it's been every name in the book since I've been growing up. So, <laughs> so it's Stephanie Breedy Edwards. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, but that's okay. So let's let's start with the, the beginning of your career. When did you know fashion was going to be your career of choice? Well, I kind of always have known it. Um, as you mentioned before, my grandfather was a tailor. And so I was, you know, growing up around women who dressed and style and fashion. And when I was in high school, I used to make clothes for school every day because I didn't want to look like anybody else. So I was always trying to create a different identity and a way to stand out. And the best way for me to do it was through clothing and accessories. And um, as you mentioned before, I've, you know, I've done retail. I've done worked in showrooms. I worked with designers. So I've always had my hands in the mix some way. Um, I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer, and part of me probably still does, but um, I realized that it's definitely much more challenging. So I was like, you know, in order for me to get my fix, let me find a way for me to get in and find my groove and, you know, make it work the best way that I can and be successful at it. Now, when you were younger, you started making your own clothes because you were fuller figured or is just because you had your own style? Just because I had my own style. I really wasn't even technically aware that I was fuller figured. Um, you know, most of my, my aunts and my mother and my grandmother were women of size, were full-figured, so it wasn't um, something that I was technically aware of or anything that made me feel different from my friends. I mean, I'd noticed it. I was definitely thicker, mm-hmm. but I really didn't have any problem, you know, finding clothes or anything like that. For me, it was just more of creating my own personal style and figuring out a different way to stand out and not be like anybody else. Right. Now, your first big break in fashion was working with Milano, Manolo. Manolo Blahnik. Right. (laughs) You know, obviously I don't have a pair of these shoes. (laughs) I'm not saying them right. So how did this come about, um, and what did you do with this company? Um, Well, when I started at Manolo Blahnik, it was back in 1995, so it was like a long, 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 long time ago. Um, At the time, I was working for a lingerie company, and a couple of people that I worked with knew my background, knew that I had gone to school for design, for shoes design, fashion design, and they had seen the article, I'm sorry, had seen the the job listing in Women's Wear Daily. So they brought me the ad and they were like, you should call, you should send your resume. And I took a chance and I faxed it over and I didn't hear anything right away. And what was a little unorthodox for me was the woman who would later become my boss called me on a Saturday morning and she introduced herself and told me she was calling from Manolo Blahnik. I nearly fell out of the chair because I couldn't believe that Manolo Blahnik was calling me. 
Right. And, um, you know, she we had a great conversation that lasted for about 45 minutes. We set up an interview. I went in and, you know, met with one of the partners, and, you know, I thought the interview was great. And I didn't hear anything. So I called back a couple of days later, and, you know, they said that they had offered the position to someone else. So I said, okay, you know, that happens, you know. So time goes on, a couple weeks pass, and I still see the ad in Women's Wear Daily. So I'm like, okay, this is some shady business. What's going on? Let me call and find out, you know, what happened. Right. And the same woman answered the phone, and she said, oh, my gosh, I've been, you know, looking for your resume. I couldn't find it. The person we hired never came. You know, we want you to come in for a second interview, fax over your references. And so from there I came back in and I brought in my portfolio, met with the other partner, and then they, you know, they offered me a position right there. And I made sure I had my letter of offer before I quit my other job to make sure right, you know, right. was, was legit. And, you know, ever since then I had I had been there and spent 15 years there at Manola Blahnik. And my position was uh, production and distribution, so I made sure – all the shoes were made and shipped from Italy on time, and then once they hit the states, got them cleared through customs, and then um, you know distributed them out to the vendors, Neiman Marcus, Barney's, Bergdorf's, um, so that they could have them available for their sales floor. So, wow, well, that's that was, an amazing story. That shows how important it is to follow up. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. So, in two thousand nine, you decided to create your own business. Now, did you initially have full figure women in mind when starting this business? Um, yes and no. Um, what happened in two thousand and nine, I was actually liberated from Manola Blonic, so it freed me up to start my own business and that was definitely a blessing, um, in disguise. I didn't know it at the time, but it's definitely been a blessing. Um, I when I initially started my business I did have fuller figures in mind, but it really wasn't um, specific to fashion styling. It was going to be more of, you know, the image consulting and the personal styling aspect. Fashion styling wasn't even on my radar at the time. So I knew once I got into it, I had to do something for plus-size women because I felt that there was a void. And anybody that I had spoken to, you was like, yeah, 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 you should do that, you should do that. Nobody's doing it, nobody's doing it. And if they are, it's not really, like, on a bigger scale, you know, that right. the names really aren't out there like that. But, um, you know, everyone who who was with me in the beginning said, this is definitely a niche and you have to get in, you know, right now. So your business is established and mm-hmm. you are a fashion stylist and personal style coach. Now explain to me what a personal style coach is. A personal style coach is my way of saying image consultant. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, when I, when I, personally, when I visualize image consultant, I kind of flash back to, you know, the 80s with, you know, the women in the big shoulder pads and the scarves tied around the necks with the brooch on the, on the <laughs> collar and the, that kind of stiff image. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to kind of put a different spin on it and keep it a little more personable, a little more relatable. Um, when as it pertains to working with a one-on-one client. I mean, it's the same thing as an image consultant, but it's just my way of saying it. Now, do you get a little deeper with your clients besides fashion? Because in the description of your services, it says um, you help women to feel confident and um, ultimately feel comfortable in the skin they're in. So do you incorporate other things when you do your uh, style coaching? Well, I mean, I'm not a certified counselor or a therapist or anything like that, but what I've found is when I am working one-on-one with a client and we're going through the process of, 
you know, the closet assessment and, you know, having them try on clothes and that purging, you know, getting rid of things that, you know, you don't wear anymore or stuff that still has tags on it and you haven't touched, I realized that there's definitely an emotional, um, that's an emotional experience and having to part with something is very difficult for a lot of people. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's just clothes, but we don't realize that that's, that's valuable closet space there. I call it, you know, closet real estate. And if you have stuff in there that you're not wearing and that you're not using, let's pull it out, let's get rid of it. And if there's a story that's attached to that article of clothing, let that memory stay within you and then, you know, pass that article of clothing on to someone else and, you know, somebody else in need or, you know, somebody else that can use it if you're not even using it. So I find that, you know, part of that purging and cleansing is an emotional release, and it ends up being, you know, kind of a a therapy session at the end, and they don't even realize, you know, how much they hold on to, you know, once we're finished, and it's a really good experience for them. Hmm, That's interesting. Now tell me, how did you get connected with Plus Model Magazine? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, I was I had, my very first photo shoot was with a friend of mine who used to be a model for Wilhelmina Curve. And at the photo shoot, um, the photographer was Tony Armstrong, the makeup artist was Tara Taylor, and then another friend of Tony's was there, Tishka Smith. And just talking to them and you know getting to getting some inside scoop on the industry and just trying to learn and educate myself about the process because this was my very first photo shoot. So just talking to Tara, getting to know her, um, fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm at a trunk show for Eliza Parker, and Tara comes in with Maddie, Madeline Figueroa-Jones, the editor of Plus Model Magazine. And I had briefly met Maddie a few weeks before at Full Figure Fashion Week. She was on one of the panels. Mm-hmm. So I just introduced myself to her, just told her I was a new stylist and gave her my card, and if she ever needed any extra hands on set, you know, to give me a call. And um, that was that. So at the Eliza Parker event, Tara walks in with Maddie, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's Tara. And she's like, oh, Maddie, this is the girl I was telling you about. So I kind of took it as a positive sign, like, you know, I'm starting to build a good uh, reputation for myself in this industry, and I just started, you know. And so, so prior to this connection, you had already established your company for full-figure women? Yeah, kind of, sort of, but I was still networking, just trying to find my way, and I had worked with, like, one or two clients, but I, you know, I hadn't really established a brand just yet. You know, I was just trying to feel it out and test the waters and see if I could actually do it, but as far as, um, you know, any other styling work, there had been nothing prior to my work with Plus Model Magazine, so she really took a chance with me um, in the September issue of 2010, it was, that I did my first editorial for Plus Model Magazine. Wow, and then that's kind of helped you bloom in the the plus industry. Exactly, exactly. So networking and having an opportunity to display my work and, um, you know, show it in, you know, the medium of Plus Model Magazine has been a tremendous experience, and I've learned a lot, made some mistakes, and, you know, but we keep it moving, and that's what life is about, you know. Now, besides um, working with Plus Models in the Plus industry, you've been mm-hmm. able to do some mainstream things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You were a stylist for a fashion show at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. Now, tell us yes. about that. Well, um, with Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, it's a huge, huge, huge event here in New York City. 
And um, I was part of a team, um, part of a, a team of dressers that worked behind the scenes for the show, for every runway show. Um, and I wasn't specific to um, any particular designer. It was just, you know, we were assigned different designers to dress for dress the models for the show. I did not, you know, prepare any work for it or anything like that. The cards are already prepared prior to the show. Mm-hmm. So our responsibility behind the scenes is to make sure that the models are dressed head to toe, you know, all the accessories, the shoes, that they match the image that's on the model card and get them ready to go to hit the runway. Wow. So mm-hmm. that it was like a, a major thing on your resume as a stylist. Absolutely. That's like the epitome of whatever whatever every stylist <laughs> wants, right? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a part of the business and there's so many facets to fashion styling. I mean there's costume, there's there's movies, there's T V, there's fashion shows, there's editorials, there's, you know, music videos, there's there's the gamut. Like it's it's a broad, broad industry. So if you know, what I've been able to do is to kind of create a, a little groove for myself, a, a niche for myself where I can kind of come in and, and, you know, be with the models and work a little bit in mainstream and and all of this to to build my brand so that, you know, Stephanie Allen is a brand that people know and people recognize and, you know, would want to work with. Now tell me about your appearance on the Nate Burkers show. Well, it wasn't me. (laughs) I wish it were, but um, that happened um, through the late Mia Amber. Um, She had reached out to me last spring she was out in L.A., and she called me to um, see if I was available to work to do this show. And I said, absolutely, Nate Burkus, are you kidding? And basically what it was, they had several segments where they were making over some women, and they were plus size, and they wanted to, spit, uh, to pay specific detail and make sure, you know, that they had the proper clothing and they looked right on television and, you know, nothing crazy going on, you know, because you got to look your best at all times, right. especially if you're getting a makeover. So my responsibility was to, you know, shop and pull for the wardrobe for those guests that were being made over, and then they had celebrity stylists come in and actually be on air with me. So I did the behind-the-scenes work, and um, then the celebrity stylists would be on, on camera with Nate discussing the looks that I pulled. But that's Aww. how it works. So the celebrity <laughs> stylist gets the credit for your work. Yeah, it's okay, but I tell you what, the better part of it is that I've made contact with these stylists. And, right, right, You know, right. they've been very helpful and very resourceful, and, you know, it was definitely an opportunity that I would not have normally had. So I was not, you know, going to turn that down, you know. So I, I got into with them. I've made some great contacts, and they've definitely been um, helpful in helping me to pursue my business. So what do you have coming up that we can be on the lookout for? I know you're very busy. Oh, yes, please. Um, I just finished shooting uh, with the Plus Model Magazine team for the February issue coming out on February 1st. Um, last weekend, I just shot a music video, my first music video with my client, uh, Raj Jalari Barnes, for her single Honey Wine. And um, that was a fun experience over three days of videotaping and going back and forth and getting the scenes right, getting the wardrobe right. It was really, uh, really fun. So that will be launching on actually uh, Valentine's weekend, February 12th here in New York. I think we're going to stream it live so that everybody can see it. Um, But we'll, you know, do postings and um, all that on Facebook to announce that. And um, just trying to, you know, continue working with, you know, different photographers and, you know, models and building my business. That's what's going on. 
what is your official website? Or do you have a, a website? I do, I do. It's it's coming along. My work is definitely available to see now. I'm so excited. Um, it's www. Stephanie S T E S S A N Y Allen A L L E N dot com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I learned a, a lot of great things about you today. Thank you, Shanice. I really appreciate you asking me to be a part of your show tonight. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much. And you keep up the good work. Will do. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And next on the show is Marina Zellner, a native of St. Petersburg, Russia. Marina Zellner immigrated to the U.S. in 1988 to escape religious persecution. But before turning to her love of clothing design, Zellner's background encompasses consulting, management training, and leadership development at Fortune 500 companies. She became founding partner and CFO of a highly successful multi-million dollar commercial real estate investment company after moving to Florida eight years ago. Queen Grace's first collection launched in fall 2011 and founder Marina Zona believes that inspired, graceful, and elegant clothing should no longer be elusive to full-figure women. Zellner, a full-figure stylist who has dressed professional full-figure celebrities and mainstream fast-forward modern women in search of flattering chic designs for all occasions, Queen Grace was born out of the desire to be noticed for her natural beauty by embracing her graceful curves through fine fashion. And let's welcome Marina to the show. Hi, Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. So happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Now, you are originally from St. Petersburg, Russia. Now, did, did you grow up curvier, and if so, how was it growing up curvier, curvier living in Russia? Well, it's interesting. Um, just like uh, what Stephanie had mentioned a little earlier, um, I grew up in a community where if you're looking at European sizes, 44th or 52, which is our, you know, 12, 14, 16, 18, these are standard sizes. Russian majority of European women are curvy, and um, there was nothing unusual about my size or my weight. I never had any issues with it until I was a teenager and I moved here and started living in the United States. And all of a sudden, with so much media communication, whether it's magazines or television wow. or any kind of fashion industry, all of a sudden it explodes in your face where you say, oh, wow, I'm different. So I'm the not pressure like is, is greater in, in America. Absolutely. And it's very interesting. In Europe, there is much greater acceptance of women of larger sizes. There is it's sort of kind of um, something that every woman, after she gets married and has children, our bodies do change. And uh, we become just a little curvier. And we become just a little more feminine. And it's really celebrated in Europe a lot more than it is in the United States. Um, but the fashion industry here in America continues to bombard us with images and information that is very difficult to process, especially for young girls. 
So that's part of the mission of Queen Grace Collection is to change this mentality and to embrace women of all shapes and sizes and allow them to feel strong and confident and beautiful, no matter what size they are, because after all, it's just a number. Now, you moved to America, as you just said, when you were 16, and you turned into a very successful entrepreneur. So why did you even want to get into the fashion arena? <laughs> I know. It's it, kind of the stars had aligned. It was all in the right time because fashion has always been my passion. I do not have background and education in fashion design. I probably... Um, thought about it for many, many, many years, but since my education and background was in business, I sort of stuck in my niche. But um, we all take risks, and, you know, at one point or another, you realize that it's now or never. <laughs> and right. when that happened for me, when that feeling came where I said, this is the chance for me to truly be passionate about something. When you wake up in the morning and you know that you love getting to work, you love everything that you do about it, you're in the right field. And for the past year and a half, that's exactly how I've been feeling on a daily basis. Oh, that's awesome. So since you have a background in business, how much research did you do before starting your plus-size clothing line? Well, we've spent about a year doing research. We've listened to the consumers. That's how I've developed networking um, relationships and build networking relationships with most of the people in this industry now. It's very funny. We get together at the industry events, and people surprised how close we all know each other. But I was there. I attended those events. I attended them as a customer, as a curvy woman. I attended them as a future owner of a company that caters to curvy women, I wanted to learn what women truly need, what's lacking out there. And you know what? We're still learning. We're still doing research. There's so many changes that are coming for Queen Grace Collection because we came out and people saw us and they loved us, but there were tons and tons of comments because we got embraced and we got um, we, we just got this big hug from the, from the plus size community. But every one of people that I have talked to had something to contribute. So they all came back to us with great ideas, great suggestions. And we continue doing research on a daily basis, talking to our customers, asking them what are they looking for. And we make changes as we go along. And you're going to see a very different Queen Grace collection. We are evolving and we're bringing more and more to the plate. Customers ask for colors. Here we are. Our spring is exploding with gorgeous, vibrant colors and prints. Customers have asked us for certain lengths of skirts and certain lengths of sleeves. Customers have asked us to make adjustments to fit. We'll listen to our consumers. For us, that's the greatest and the most important priority to satisfy the person that is wearing my dress. When you're out on the street, you feel comfortable and confident. To me, that's, and to the rest of my team, it's the greatest compliment. So our lines of communication have always been open, and we just started a new blog for those of you that haven't checked it out. And you can read a message 
um, from the CEO of the company, me, and the rest of the team, uh, which basically describes all of these different areas that we're going to expand into and bring customers better, uh, more interesting, more exciting experience with Queen Grace, whether it's new designs, accessories, um, home goods, I mean, we're growing by leaps and bounds. Home goods. I wasn't expecting to hear home goods. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's a lifestyle. It's an experience. Queen Grace is going to become a brand name that you're going to associate wonderful, beautiful, stylish things with. So that's why we're thinking about it from a perspective of what our customer wants when they log in to our website and they shop around, it has to be magical for them. Um, I know a lot of our customers are familiar with the way we package our goods, for example. When they receive our box all wrapped in a gorgeous purple bow with a beautiful dust bag, we give you a present. And when you unwrap it, it has to be exciting for you to put the dress on or, um, you know, take out a new accessory. It's it's all about feeling special. Now let's talk more specifically about the line. For those not familiar with Queen, Queen Grace, what types of clothing do you carry? Well, um, we carry separates, tops, skirts, um, dresses. We have a lot of dressier options, but also day into night options. Um, a lot of our customers are women who are uh, in a work environment, business women, who have to dress up a little more when they go into the office, but at the same time, they can take um, the same dress, accessorize it up or down, go out on the town with their girlfriends or to a date or even, you know, to a wedding. It's all about universal pieces that are classic, stylish, timeless, and manufactured out of best fabrics available with a lot of consideration done to the fit execution. And um, everything is manufactured in the United States. We oversee the production, so the quality of the clothes is definitely there. Yeah, and I can can attest to that because I recently wore one of your garments at uh, Marie Denae's event, and it was um, made very well. It's high-quality clothing. And you look stunning in it. You are uh, you are brave. Look at you. You were rocking that. Actually, that was a skirt that right. you improvised and turned into a dress. And we applaud you for that because fashion is all about taking risks and having fun with it. And you have definitely inspired us to create more universal pieces. So um, when... Um, customers have approached us that have they have said, look, you have a lot of dressy pieces, but what about casual stuff? What about things that we can just, you know, wear running around with kids from school and back and um, just simpler things, easier things? And in our spring collection, you're going to see a lot of that. Um, beautiful wrap dresses, um, but that are casual at the same time, but um, fit well and look good on your body. So what is the size and price point of your collection? Well, that's another change that have, customers have recommended to us. Uh, we started in sizes 12 through 20. Our range have a 
expanded to size 12 through 26. Okay. And another very important change is that officially starting spring, we have reduced our prices without sacrificing the quality of the fabrics, the quality of the manufacturing and design by, by, by about 40 to 45%. Wow. So the you're going to see online our spring dresses, you know, some of our fall collections started at 200 to 250 price ranges. Now our clothes prices have reduced to where you can buy clothes, you buy a dress for about, you know, 100 to 150 dollars and lower. Um, and for us, it was very, very important because we've received so many compliments from the customers. So many people have approached us and said, "We love our pieces. We want to wear them." Unfortunately, in this economy, uh, a lot of us are struggling, and a lot of us uh, have to make hard choices um, and decisions. Most of the times, for women, that's where we sacrifice. We sacrifice uh, for the sake of our families. We do not buy clothes for ourselves. Uh, we put ourselves on the back burner. We want to give every customer that wants to wear Queen Grace an opportunity to own a Queen Grace dress. So I think our customers will be pleasantly surprised to find our price reductions that are starting immediately. As a matter of fact, our part of our spring collection, there will be more things coming on the website, so keep logging in and checking it out. But a big majority of spring collection has been released on the website as of this afternoon. So I welcome you to go to www.queengrace.com and check it out. Now, what do you think sets your clothing line apart from others? Well, I think um, aside from the fact that we come from high fashion aesthetics, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is I, I think is a very, very important element, um, Thankfully, there are a lot more options out there for uh, plus-size women on the market. Mm -hmm. um, but we are thinking about it from high fashion. Um, our company's creative director and a wonderful leader who designs and, um, you know, collaborates with me in fabrics and um, hot looks that are coming down the runway for um, our customers, he's coming from a school of high fashion design. So pieces that are created for the customers are really created from that perspective. Uh, gorgeous, unique, very special, not something that you're going to see everywhere. You're not going to walk into a room with seven other girls dressed in the same dress. You know, right. pieces are really, there's so much care and attention giving from design to manufacturing to how we communicate to our customer that I personally I think that's what sets us apart. But um, like I said, we always open to suggestions. We want to make the experience better and better every day. Our growth has been so unexpectedly rapid <laughs> that um, it's it, it's very humbling but mm -hmm. at the same time, so exciting. And I can't thank our customers enough for being there for us, supporting us the way that they do, um, encouraging us to grow. Um, it's the greatest compliment. And from the bottom of our hearts, 
from all of Queen Grace team would thank you for it. Now, do you have anything else coming up that we can be on the lookout for? Well, of course, aside from the um, amazing spring collections that are coming out, the blog has been a great hit, and we are creating experience for customers where it's called Weekly Dish, and constantly update the contents on it. And we're not just talking about fashion. It's about health and wellness. And we talk about celebrity buzz and lifestyle choices and travel and food and culture and family. And um, it's all about being a woman. And it's all about experiences that come with being a real woman. And... um, We are very, very excited because customers have embraced it and they love it. And um, we are adding more and more accessories to our website. So we would give our customers opportunity to pull a whole wardrobe together, uh, a look from top to bottom, whether it's shoes or accessories or bags or jewelry. Um, It's just a fun, fun Right, and every time, you know, we have such great support through social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, um, we share all our news constantly. Please stay with us, um, and um, we'll be there for you. And, of course, we're all looking forward to Full Figures Fashion Week in June, um, and we'll be right there on the runway showing you more beautiful stuff. Well, awesome. And tell us your official website to find your collection. Well, it's www.queengrace.com. We are on Twitter at QG Collection. And, of course, we have a Facebook page with over 6,000 fans at Queen Grace Collection on Facebook. And our blog is blog.queengrace.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Continue success with your line. Thank you so much, and all the best to you. Plus Model Magazine and Plus Model Radio, you guys have been pioneers and uh, creating wonderful experiences for women out there. Kudos to you, and thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And last but definitely not least on the show tonight is Erica Watson. Born and raised in Chicago's High Park neighborhood, Erica Watson is an actor, stand-up comedian, and she appears at clubs around the country and a film and television director. In 2009, she appeared in Oprah Winfrey's and Lee Daniels' film, Precious, following starring in the feature film, Dirty Laundry. Watson is featured in two Gracie Award-winning commercials that she wrote for the Oxygen Network called Trustify and Kiss and Tell. Erica recently performed in the successful Chicago production of Love, Loss, and What I Wore and will take part in the upcoming cast of the Off-Broadway show beginning in March 2012. 
Her one-woman show, Fat Bitch, which she also directs, is currently touring across the U.S. and tackles America's obsession with weight and stereotypes of African-American women. In 2010, Fat Bitch was nominated for a Chicago Black Theater Alliance Award and curated at the Brooklyn Museum for Target First Saturdays. The show will be returning to Los Angeles Tuesday, January 31st at the Comedy Central stage at the Hudson. Let's welcome show favorite Erica Watson. Thank you, Shanice. Oh, my God, that introduction makes me sound like I have some money, which I don't. But um, <laughs> listen to all the stuff I've done, I'm like, wait a minute, I need a damn check. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, welcome back to the show. It's been a year since you've been on the show, so I want to catch up with some old business before we get to the new business. Oh, my goodness. Look at you pulling up old business and old dirt. <laughs> well, I got to mention TV One. We didn't talk about oh, this on Plus Model Radio. So TV yes. One illegally used the picture of you on their show, Love That Girl, in an unflattering way. So what was the outcome of that? Well, let me just say that um, it turns out that although Love That Girl does appear on TV One, TV One didn't have any knowledge of of the producers of the show using the photo. So I have to put that out there that even though TV One wasn't responsible, they did step up and apologize to me publicly on their website, on their Facebook page. Um, and I did work some things out with the producers of Love That Girl. I can't disclose exactly what is going on, but I will say you will be open, be open to a very big surprise in their next season. That's all I can say. So did the publicity of this unfortunate event actually turn into a blessing and brought you more opportunities? Well, you know what? I will say that um, it definitely helped to open the eyes of the producers and people in media to know that the one person that you may think is not recognizable or doesn't have a following or doesn't have a voice actually does, and I think they were really surprised that I have people that follow my work and recognize my body um, being used on the show, so that in itself, I think, opened their eyes to, wow, like, this girl has a following, and um, maybe we should be a little more careful about the way in which we do jokes about people and their bodies, so I think Overall, for the community, it was a really good thing. And then for me personally, it felt good to know that they did correct the mistake because they could have easily said, no, don't worry about it, forget her. She's a nobody. Nobody knows her. We don't care. But they really did step forward and apologize, and I appreciate it. Um, and it did bring a lot of attention to me, some positive and some very negative. I mean, there were some blogs that wrote really awful things about me and my body. So, really? You know, but it comes when it comes to the territory. Yeah, I mean, it, whatever. But I don't focus on the negative. It's, it's, it is what it is. I am who I am. This is what I look like. If you don't like it, you can turn and look the other way. And I think this um, experience also showed the plus community uniting and coming together and um, how we're stronger together than separated and divided. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, I have to say thank you to all the big girls out there and the supporters, because a lot of men um, were supporting me as well, but um, 
I got to say the Kirby community stepped up in a way that I did not expect. I mean, they were calling the network. Women were boycotting the network. And not just the Kirby community, also just people were outraged about what they saw. And I think, if anything, it's important for the plus-size community to know that we have to also join forces with the straight-size folks. we got to get them on our side and on our team if we want to move forward. So it can't just be a bunch of big girls with picket signs, boycotting uh, places. we got to get some of those skinny girls in line, too, and some of those men um, who are also supporters, no matter what size they are, to, to join forces with us to help us out. It, it really has to be a group effort um, in all ways. And we got to give a shout-out to Phil Morris, who came out um, to publicly apologize to you and love yes. your body. Yes. That man is so fine. I was like, what? You are gorgeous. And then he gave me the nice, juicy hug. I appreciated it. He said he was sorry, and on behalf of the producers of the show and the network, he really wanted to extend um, their, you know, condolences, so to speak, about the And that was really nice of him because he, he doesn't know me personally. He probably never heard of the event. He, he probably wasn't right. he was walking into. So that was very brave of him, I thought. Yeah, he's he's an awesome person. I'm definitely gonna try to connect with him um, while I'm out in LA because he's he's just awesome and his spirit was just really cool and you know that it just goes to show that there really are nice people out here that do care about whether or not they hurt folks' feelings. So I appreciate it. So you were a part of the cast Love Lost and What I Wore, and um, you started off in Chicago and now you're gonna be in New York. Tell us what this play yes. is about. Tell us. The background story. Well, Love Lost and What I Wore is a, a play uh, that is produced by Daryl Roth, who is one of the top Broadway producers in the world. It's directed by Karen Carpenter, and it's uh, based on a book that was written by a woman named Irene Beckerman, and the Ephron sisters bought the rights to the book and um, adapted it for stage. And it's basically... Um, a piece that shows the way in which our clothes and what we wear are more than just things that cover the body. They also evoke emotions and um, bring up things from our past, some good, some bad. And really it just shows the emotional connection that people have with items of clothes. So maybe it's a favorite jacket that you had when you – you know, uh, kiss the the boy you really liked, or maybe there's a pair of shoes that you wore during a really bad breakup, or maybe a dress um, that you wore when you lost a loved one. Whatever it is, it shows the emotional connection between what we wear and who we are. And, and you were so fabulous in Chicago, they asked you to join the New York cast. Yes, I'm so excited about this because, you know, I am a stand-up comic. I'm not really an actress. Um, you know, I'm not a trained actress in that way. So for them to take a gamble on me and invite me to come to Chicago, which is a straight-up theater town, no matter where you are in the world, if you are a stage actor, you want to work in Chicago. You want to be at the Goodman. You want to be at Steppenwolf. You want to do Second City. So for me to come into Chicago, which is a very high-brow theater town, and be able to come and shut it down, it was just amazing. And because of that, um, they offered me to come to New York to do the show, so I'll be starring in the show in March. So I'm, I'm extremely blessed and very thankful for the opportunity because it's going to be amazing. 
Now, let's talk about your one-woman show, Fat Bitch. Now, the title yes. itself, Always Get People Riled Up. So, <laughs> for yeah. people that uh, think that this is an offensive piece of work, tell us more about your show. Well, you know what? It may offend, and that's okay. The The truth of the matter is that every fat girl has been called a fat bitch at one time or another. And... And to me, if you're offended just by hearing the word or seeing it on a flyer, imagine how I feel and other women feel when they're called that name. So I wanted to evoke those type of emotions, but I think some people get the wrong idea that the show is some type of like hood, ghetto, chitlin' circuit comedy show that has no true merit or intelligence to it. But to me, it's a really strong feminist piece of um, art that explores America's obsession with size and how the way the world views my shape has shaped the woman that I am. And um, it's very funny, but it's also very thought-provoking. It's, it's very uh, sensitive, I think, to the the way in which women of all sizes feel about their bodies. It's like it's, it's just it's hard to love who you are sometimes, especially when you feel like the world is against you. So, to me, my fat bitch show is like a love letter to the world. Like, look, okay, you called me this. You say this is who I am. So let me explain to you how I got to be the woman that I am so that you can have a better understanding of what my life is about and know that maybe I'm not such a fat bitch after all, at least not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you are returning to L.A. for one night only. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, January 31st. Everybody listen. January 31st, I will be at the Comedy Central stage at the Hudson in Hollywood. This is a very big deal. This is a major, major situation going on right here. I'm one of the few plus-size comics, one of the few women of color that have been invited by Comedy Central to come and perform at this stage. Um, and the show starts at 8 o'clock. It's free. Bring all your friends. Please come. Just have to RSVP um, to come and see the show. And it's going to be really fun. It's a shorter, condensed version of my show, but the hope is that uh, – by doing this, you'll be able to see Fat Bitch on a bigger platform sometimes in the in the near future. And then after the show, you're going to have an after party. Yes, girl, we're having a party. Um, the party is going to be at Cafe Entourage, which is in the Hollywood area. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, it's sponsored by the uh, L.A. chapter of Columbia College's Alumni Network. And that's another thing to point out. This wouldn't be uh, sponsored by Columbia College if it was very uh, disrespectful and derogatory. So that's something. Right. Yes. You know, the thing is that people judge what they don't know. And once again, it's like if you Google, I have fat bitch as a Google alert. And if you don't know what a Google alert is, you can set an alert so that every time a particular term or word comes up in a Google search, it will bing your phone or, you know, let your email know. 
And fat bitch is one of my Google alerts. And I get alerts all day long. The term fat bitch is used all the time. It's used in hip-hop. It's used in music. It's used just walking down the street. But for some reason, people don't get offended until a person like me uses the term to say, okay, you know what, you keep calling me this word. Let's talk about it. So anyone that's offended by the title themselves, for the most part, is probably just a little narrow-minded and not understanding that there's more to the word than the word itself, and that's what you should be coming to see. It's almost like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm just standing on stage like, yeah, I'm a fat bitch. You a fat bitch. We all fat bitches. Like, come on. What do you think my show is? I mean, it's just crazy to me when people are like, I wouldn't go see that. That's trash. But it's like... If I call my show, uh, yeah, I love hot water cornbread. You would come see it, like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> or oh, put some hot sauce on my greens. Gospel stage play. They'll go see something like that. But mm. because my show is very in your face and a very feminist piece of work, all of a sudden it's it's derogatory. But it's not derogatory when a man calls a woman a fat bitch on the street. Like, come on, it's like give me the benefit of the doubt. Right, so we have to come out and support, and it's, it's free to attend, so you don't have to even spend a dime to just come and see for yourself. Yes, but you do have to RSVP, and I'm going to give the number. The number is, make sure I got the right number here, it's uh, 323-960-5519. That's 323-960-5519. It is the Comedy Central stage at the Hudson, and it starts at 8 o'clock, and the after party is at Cafe Entourage, and that is going to start at 9.30. And we're going to have fun next Tuesday night. I want everybody in L.A. to come. It's a fun show. Um, I would definitely say it's for ages 17 and up because I do talk about some adult themes, but it is not some raggedy show that has no artistic merit. It's a really funny, fun show, and you may learn something. Yes, and I definitely will be there. And last time you were in L.A., the show was so good, I ended up going to every single show. You were here for three nights, and I attended all nights. That's just how good it was. So I definitely encourage everybody to uh, come and support Erica. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you uh, have coming up we could be on the lookout for? Well, um, as you know, like I said, Love, Loss, and What I Wore is in March in New York. If you've never been to a Broadway show or an off-Broadway show, you have to come and see it. And um, I'm just excited about that right now. Like that, to me, coming to L.A. to do Fat Bitch and then going back to New York in March to star in a, a Broadway show, what else could a girl ask for? I'm, I'm, I'm just very excited about it. Well, keep on breaking barriers. I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And before we go, I have to give a shout-out to my brother, Eric, who is listening. He called me and was like, yeah, I heard you're going to be on Shanice's show talking about big girl stuff. So <laughs> what's up, Eric? And him and hey, his kids Eric. are actually listening right now, <laughs> little Amira and little Eric. I love them. And they're very supportive of their TT and her show, even though my niece – doesn't understand why it has a bad word in the title, or she doesn't like that. But I, I assured her that it, it's still a good show. It's just not for kids. <laughs> oh, well, continue success, and I will be there Tuesday. 
Thank you, Shanice. And I love you and everybody at Plus Model Magazine, Maddie, Tulin, everybody. I love you guys. Thank you all so much for always supporting me. Of course. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week and we'll have more Plus Industry Professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the Curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show or being a guest, visit the website at plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to join our fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.